You're wicked stressed. Dude, that's that's how they get you. Yeah. Dude, that's how they get you. On Newberry Street in Boston, um, parallel to it, I forget the name of the street, is where their center is. It's just in a brownstone. Right. Can't really see it. I was a fucking 18-year-old kid, summertime, looking for a summer job, easy, whatever, some bullshit, office work, some anything. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to work, walking up and down Newberry Street, some dudes in suits are passing out flyers, looking for summer jobs. Oh, hell yeah. Well, if you're really oh. interested, sir, you can comply right now. We got office jobs. C-Org. And I don't even know what this shit is yet, dude. So I go in, sitting there. There's all these books on the walls. I'm like, this is like interesting, man. And I start seeing like words and books that I recognize from like rap songs, from like nonfiction, all these dudes like Dianetics, L. Ron Hubbard. But I'm like, what the fuck? And there's dudes walking around in there dressed like admirals. And I'm like, what the fuck? And this place is nice. So I fill out like an IQ test. Never took one in my life. Right. Come back later. Oh, uh, Mr. Frazzic. And they butcher my name. They don't say Frazzic. They fuck it up. But they're like, oh, you tested very high. You're very intelligent. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, in retrospect, they're gassing me up. You right. know? But I was like, oh. And then they're going, and they're like, all right. Um, the next thing is we're just going to go to the basement level and finish some more tests. Right. Scary. See, you just Justin just gave me the scary eyes. I go in the basement and, and they're like, I'll just wait in the waiting room. Now, there's another gentleman, a middle maybe like a mid 30s black dude in the, in the waiting room. And he's watching something on the TV that they have there. And it's, I'm, I'm trying to watch it. And he's sucked in. He's watching it like so intensely. And it's mad propaganda. Oh, it was like an intro to that. Yeah. And, and, and it, but it's like even looks more propaganda. Like they're not even saying certain words. They're yeah. just trying to like kind of brush under the rug. And I'm looking around I'm like, yo, this is fucked up. And then I asked the guy because the, 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 the people aren't around. So, hey, man, what do you think about this stuff? What's going on? And he looks, looks at me. When he turns to me, he got this brainwashed look in his eyes. And he's like, you know, I think they're just good people trying to do really good things and they're just trying to teach us about getting to our best selves and this and that. And before I could even react, they come out of the room. They're like, oh, Mr. Frasca, we're ready for you in this room. So that's when they get to the part you're talking about, about the testing. So they sit down and they whip out these like metal wiry, hooky uppy thingies yeah. and they're trying to, t- you know, want to connect into my hands and do this, this test. And I'm like, what, 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 is, what is this all about, man? I start, this is where I start freaking out. And they're like, oh, this is just to test your, I forget what they call it, man. There's a word for it. If you Scientology, yes. Yeah, yeah, something like your, whatever. And I start freaking out, man. They're hooking it up. And I'm like, nah, nah, you know what, man? I'm not having this. I rip these shits off. I throw them on the table and I, I bail. I run out of there. I run out to the main street and I call my boy Ernesto and I'm like, yo, dude, these fucking crazy dudes, the Scientologists, you heard of these dudes, they just try to brainwash me, this and that. He's like, yo, Snake, man, you sound like you're on shrooms, dude, you good? I was like, nah, man, these motherfuckers try to get me. And then I started looking in and it was, you know, they were, it was Scientology. It was the Boston Scientology Yeah. Center. I heard that they have like, so there, the, the amount of Scientologists has like dwindled so much that now they have like centers in each city, but like... They're they're mostly empty. Yeah, minuscule. But they just have them just to fucking flex. They still want to have. Yeah, they still want you to think. Yeah. That their presence is powerful. Right. I, I feel like some of those documentaries probably knocked them down a bit. Fucking in the internet. Yeah. Oh, that's in too. the internet. I don't know if you've seen it when you've been on your L.A. trips, like the the, the center with the big blue so buildings. Creepy, dude. Looks like Lego buildings. It's so creepy, dude. He has like his own street and like yeah, there's dude. people handing out pamphlets. Oh, dude! If you go near the it, centers too, they're they're watching you with cameras. Yeah, they are. And they they don't let people walk around with phones near there and cameras. They don't want yeah. regular bystanders. They they try to police that. Yo, shit. they. Listen too. Like, I'm like pretty sure that they can hear you. Yo. Like I was with fucking my hey, boy, yo. and I wanted to just like, yo. So I feel like I got followed. So listen Probably. to this, right? I was on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, I'm walking down. Remember, you remember Marcus? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was me and Marcus. So I'm walking down, and there's a fucking Scientologist handing out pamphlets. Right? This is on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, it's on Hollywood Boulevard. So I um. <laughs> I told him I was a Scientologist too. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm a Scientologist too. And he's like, oh, no way. And I was like, no, I'm not, you fucking freak. I'm like, you thinking aliens come out of volcanoes and shit. Get the fuck out of here. This guy looks me in the eyes and he just says, LOL. Like, says the, the yeah, le- le- LOL. What a weirdo, dude. LOL. It was the creepiest. You should have gone undercover. You could have infiltrated him. No, fuck that. Next yeah, thing you that, know, that turned you, yeah. Next thing you know, I'm like, ah, in Sea yeah. Org. Dude, and yo, that dude, L. Ron Hubbard, you know he's credited with writing the most books of any author of all time? Yeah. Like the most, he's published the most books. Yeah. Like something like 
500 or some retarded number. He's a beast. Yeah, he's just he's a science fiction writer, and then, you know. And then he was like, yo, I'm going to make my own religion. Crazy, Nobody can God. tax me. I'm going to get filthy fucking Crazy. rich. Crazy. And, like, and I'm going to wear a sailor uniform. And like, yo, Tom Cruise, <laughs> right? If you look into Tom Cruise's eyes, look into Tom Cruise's eyes next time you see him in a movie, in an interview, tell me, tell me Tom Cruise ain't fucking batshit crazy. Right. Motherfucker looks crazy. Right. I'm just saying. Know, yo, that clearly non-Scientologist voiced is my guest on Damaged Goods this week. He's a goddamn Damaged Goods alum. Hey. He's an incredibly ill hip-hop artist out of Boston, but he's out here visiting L.A. My man, Justin Clancy. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for not getting absorbed by the Scientology uh, church and swindles. Yes. Um, I'm they, they, they do try to uh, use the we advance your Hollywood career if you join a shit. So I wonder if there's ever a rapper that's like, yo, I don't be a Scientologist. Um, Get big. I doubt it. I've never. It's always actors. That that would be interesting, like the I, Scientologist rapper. A musicians, I I don't know if there's any musicians. It's always actors, right? I feel like the one I feel like the one rapper in the industry that is like most likely gonna get picked up by Scientologists is Bob. <laughs> yo, this is a great call. Hey yo, because he fucking the flatter he, of shit. Yeah, because he thinks the Earth is completely flat, and that's a cult within its fucking self, dude. So. Dude, do you know I did a song with Bob? Get out. Right before he blew up, this must have been like 2008. Wow. Right? He's like, right it's like during the year he blew up, blew up, right? Yeah, right before that. And uh, he came, we shot a video in New York. He came to New York because my man Peter Parker, shout out to Peter Parker. Hey. Uh, Peter Parker was out in Minneapolis as a DJ and kind of helped break B.O.B. nationally mm-hmm. on a record before the Airplanes record, whatever yeah. his record was. And he got, he's like, yo, you know, he was fucking with me very hard at the time. So Pete was like, yo, like he hooked it up. B.O.B. flew out. We did the record. Did the motherfucking video. And right. this is like, he was cool as hell. And I used to think he was really talented. And then he blows up. And then, you know, whatever. And then years later, that Flat Earth shit comes out, which has got to just destroy your credibility in the hip-hop community. Right. Probably just as much as being a snitch. Or maybe even more so now. Yeah, definitely you know? more so. I mean, I don't... I, I Actually, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of a par- parallel. You know what's hilarious, though? Is like... Get that coffee, baby. Hell yeah. Nah, this is strong as shit. You did a great job. Yeah, boosted um, Fucking, the fact that like rappers can basically shoot heroin and it's just like whatever, but then it's like, oh, the earth is flat. And they're like, yo, no! he's fucked. He's fucking crazy. Yo, dude, that was Justin Clancy. What a call. Mo- rapper most likely to become a Scientologist. Yeah, rapper B-O-B. most likely to become a Scientologist. B.O.B. That's probably the most accurate statement about B.O.B. in a while. Yeah. And honestly, so like, you know, I don't pay attention to the grand scheme of mainstream hip hop very much anymore. But maybe you can enlighten me, young friend. Oh, yeah, you can bring that mic you wherever got you some, like, brother. These are nice, dude. Yeah, man, we're these not are fucking about legit, damage we've elevated, bro. man. Thank you, listeners, for supporting wow. me. Allowing me to elevate things like the equipment. But yo, B.O.B., like, is he. Is he still. Uh, I have relevant? no idea. I have no idea. I feel like that must have, like, tanked his career. Uh, definitely, definitely didn't help. <laughs> that's why I try yeah. and keep like any and all fucking opinions to myself even like, if they're agreeable political or s- yeah, so, yeah you know what it's interesting you say that I just don't go public with a I, lot of the shit I think I think as a young man that's real smart of you because yeah. so many of your peers in, in this time especially don't do that right and I, I even me I'm not an artist I, I like broadcasting you know host of shit mm-hmm. I don't really put my political and social views out there because people are not coming to me for that as much as other things so I don't do that mm-hmm. but also like it's just it's just people are gonna be bickering and comments and people misunderstanding and picking your shit apart and I hate that part about it um, but it's smart for a young dude like yourself that actually adheres to that you know I mean it all it takes is like all it takes is like one stupid fucking thing to say and then everybody hates you yeah you know so I just kind of keep like most of my opinions to myself unless it has something to do with my brand yeah you right. know in the grand scheme of things that's because when people come to you, they're expecting music. They're expecting something that's in line with your brand. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected that to come from him. Yo, dude, know? like, I think it bl- like, what the fuck was he smoking? It's crazy, um, you know. And have you seen, like, even what Kanye, being one of the biggest hip-hop artists in the world, uh, and, you know, that basically that any little support he showed for Trump... And like many people just threw him to the wolves. Yeah. And you gotta that you got it's gonna be expected, you know. Right. Um I don't know, man. I feel really bad because I, I fucking love Kanye. A lot of people I love Kanye. Especially a lot of artists your generation and even mine really love Kanye. Conflicted. And I think yeah, and I mean there's there's something to be said for the which I find difficult at times, separating the, the artist from 
their art from them as, a, yeah. as an individual, yeah. right? Yeah, and you see this. That's with, a common theme right now, and, and too. We, yeah, you see the R. Kelly thing. Oh, the, my the, the Michael Jackson God. thing. Oh, my God. I mean, yo, Marvin Gaye is one of my favorite artists of all time. Yes, me too. He put hands on his girl a few times here and there, usually in a like depressed, drug-induced stupor, but that's not an excuse. Right. Just an explanation. Of but course not. I still love Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And, and, and so, like, it's a, it's a tricky one. To separate people, like people, like still want to love Kanye, and some people have done with him. He's they'll never play a Kanye West record again. Right, right. Or they now around the world, radio stations ain't playing Michael Jackson. Well, see, and this is my take on the Michael Jackson. Give thing. me a take, Justin Clancy. I, I, did you see the documentary? No. Wow, you gotta see so, the well, fucking for documentary. So for a few reasons, one, dude. my girl is like, I'm not watching that. She's not into yeah. it. Yeah, I would watch it. I, I didn't I, want to. My so my mom forced me to watch. It. <laughs> The full four hours with her present, right? So I, because when I was a kid, right, I remember. Do you remember the fucking the the thing they did with him with the British dude in like the early two thousands when he's climbing trees in Neverland and shit? No. And the guy like sits down with him and he's like, "So you let children sleep in your bed?" Uh -uh. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I let him sleep on my bed." All right, so I watched that with her when I was like a kid. That was like during the whole like. The smear campaign. The first wave of it, really. Against Michael Jackson. Yeah. But I don't want to say smear campaign because, like, I I like to believe victims. You know what I mean? I always give, like, benefit of the doubt. You know, I hate being the devil's advocate in scenarios, like, involving that type of allegation. That's, that's like, Heavy a hefty shit. fucking thing. Yeah. So, but I love Michael Jackson, dude. So I watched the, the documentary... And I can't even listen to his music now. I don't care if he did it. I don't care if he didn't do it. All I know is I can't even fucking listen to that shit because I'm so ridiculously conflicted. Yeah. I can't listen to it without thinking of the way he was described in that documentary, dude. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, I find it funny that we all, people always love to like settle on something so strongly without really knowing everything. Right. And I get it when, you know, it's somebody that we hold dear. The R. Kelly thing, though. Fuck him. Oh, well, yo, but I think, I'll keep it funky. Jake the Snake, I've never, never liked R. Kelly. I've always thought he was weird. Right. Since the Aaliyah thing, and that was when I was in high school. Yeah. And that I was found really it weird fucking weird. Nobody, even my friends, nobody else thought how I did back then. Right. I'm like, what? They're like, you just don't like R&B. I was like, yes, I do. I like the old shit. This weird old motherfucker sure. dating Aaliyah. No, like, fuck R. Kelly. Yeah, no, but fuck this, you know, in the L R. Kelly documentary, the dumbest dude ever, like, God, his lawyers were like, oh, when he did this, they asked him uh, something, something, so what do you uh, say about your allegations about you messing with underage girls? R. Kelly looks dead in the camera in the, in the interview, dude, he goes, well, what do you mean by underage? Most incriminating fucking thing you could have said. Yeah. If you're his lawyer, you're like, you just say no no matter what. So right from then, you know he's guilty. Right. The Michael Jackson one, I, I'm not settled on. I didn't watch the documentary. And I'm it's not here. fucked up. I'm not here to say yay or it's nay. It's pretty fucked up. There's a lot of weird things going on about it. But th what, what bothered me about when I was seeing all the things saying, no way, we're not playing Michael Jackson music here and there. Woody Allen still gets invited to the Boom. Oscars. Boom. Still gets invited yeah. by the award show yes. and stuff. And no one says shit about uh -huh. that. And that's a thing too. I believe I believe that it has something to do with yeah. with color as well. Oh, of course. I mean, it, it you know, it's it fucking pains me to say it, but like you look at people like Woody Allen, yeah. You look at people like Elvis. Oh, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis. Elvis Jerry is Lee still Lewis. celebrated as a great I didn't even know that shit about him until recently. Right. Oh, dude, Priscilla was like 14. Yo, man. It's, and and I'm, I'm I'm not that doesn't negate if somebody and I'm not saying Michael Jackson is guilty. That shit with Woody's it, weird. It doesn't though, negate dude, somebody else being guilty, crazy. but it just shows you like why are we picking and choosing to ban one person's art everywhere and not these other ones? And right? Like, do you even have to ban the art? Agreed. Or I don't know. I'm not saying yes or no. Don't jump down my throat, crazy listeners. I don't know. I'm just out philosophizing out loud with young Justin Clancy. <laughs> but it is interesting, man. Um, and there's a lot of that going on in, in separating the art. Like, I have friends who still rock with Kanye. Are like, well, I only listen to Kanye pre-Kim Kardashian in his life or whatever. I fucking love And some Kanye. people would, like, still love I him. I fucking love And some Kanye. are forgiving of him of this shit. And right. some have, like, totally thrown him to the wolves. And it, it's weird because I started having a funny relationship as a fan of Kanye when he, coincidentally, when him and Kim Kardashian started getting together. I stopped kind of liking yeah. most of his music from, and the way he was carrying himself in public, but I always liked the way that he was outspoken and honest, even if it went against 
his best interest. Because so many artists, especially the ones on his platform, are so fucking cuckled by the industry and the, the idea of more money. Uh-huh. They don't speak their mind. They go play ball with all these corporations. They just bite their tongue. And it's disappointing to me uh, as a fan. So I always respected Kanye for that, even if I didn't agree what he said, you know? Yeah. Um, and I also think there's something to be said for the man's mental health. Exactly. And that's like, dude, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but I fucking love, I love Kanye West. I feel like... Because you grew up on a lot of his music. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. College Dropout was like one of my first albums, dude. Yeah. Like one of the first How albums. How old were you I when like, that came out? Like, young man. Because you I was, young man. I, I had to be like seven or eight. Yeah, maybe. Justin, were you like 22? I'm 20. I just turned 24 recently. Happy fucking birthday, dude. Hey, well, yeah. it was in November, but it was Yeah, kinda, it's just yesterday, same thing. It, like, it sucked. I turned 24, and I was like, fuck. What, dude? You're 24, bro. My birthday's on Friday. Oh, and I'm shit. definitely not going to be 24, so. Let's go. Yeah, dude. You should be fucking psyched. I wish I was turning 24, dude. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I was thinking 2011 was fucking dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that Damn. was, like, the, the dopest year for music. Trying what was that so long ago? I'm trying to think of what what uh, what was some of the shit that came out that year. Refresh my man. Memory. So that was when like Dat Piff was popping. Oh yeah, all the mixtapes. So still like coming out. all the mixtapes. Like it was like it was um when ASAP Rocky first came out. Frank Ocean first came out. Mm. Odd Future was that popping. was a good year. That was a good year. Yeah, Mac Miller came out. Wiz Khalifa, like they were all popping. It was a good year. It was such a good year, dude. It was such a good and like. That's when my beautiful dark twisted fantasy yep, came out, that was, and now that, that's like incredible. Yeah, it's album. a fire incredible album. album. So I was watching it. Um, I was watching Runaway, and I, I wanted to cry like a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I'm so fucking old now, and I'm all alone in LA, and yeah. I'm not rich and famous. Man. You get there, I don't know, man. You're definitely doing your thing now, man. I'm yeah, man. I'm I'm trying, bro. I'm trying at many lengths. This is now my full time. Yeah, I mean, this I, is, last time this is you it. were on the podcast, your album that uh, was crazy hadn't come out yet. I yeah, think, right. And it's you got, been like a year and a half, dude. Has it been that long? It's been like a year and a half since I've been here. Yeah. Jesus, time fucking flies. Yup, yup. You serious? Damn, mm-hmm. now I feel mad, old dude. Yeah. But I mean, then your album comes out. You start headlining your own shows, dude. I see you doing your thing, and then you. You got nominated for Boston Music Awards. Yeah. You got to perform at that, which was at the House of Blues in Boston. Yeah. How was that, dude? It was fucking, it was sick. Just to be able to, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't win any Boston Music Awards, but... It was an honor to be nominated. Just for four, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just to... Perform at the House of Blues. Yeah, just just to be able to, like, you know what I mean? Play for 2,000 plus people. In a sick venue in your own... At the fucking House of Blues, you know? Like, that's... Who? Hell yeah, it was a flex, dude. Like, uh, it was amazing. How, how did you find out you was nominated? Um, is it random or did you have like an idea? No, the guy that the guy that ran it texted me about it beforehand, and he was like, "What comes after one?" And I was like, two. And he was like, "What comes after two? I was like, three. He was like, "What comes after three? I was like, four. You know, like what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, "Congratulations!" Ah. Damn. He was like, "Don't tell anybody <laughs> just yet, but you got four nominations." I was like. Okay, that's Shit. fucking sick, dude. What uh, what were they for exactly? Um, let's see. Music video of the year, album of the year, best new artist. Hell yeah! And kid. um, what was the other one? Fuck, it was important. What like a, was, it, was it like a hip hop specific category or a more like broad one? I gotta I gotta dig back. That's still impressive, though, man. It was, dude. It was, it was amazing. I mean, yeah. at the four end of nominations, the day, your first time. That's pretty ill, dude. Yeah, dude. Like at the end of the day, I was just happy to be like a part of it. You know what I mean? Especially like just being a fucking kid from Peabody, dude. Like yeah. you know, it was um, it was probably one of the one of the best feelings of my life, especially coming off a of fucking Warp tour. That's right, you on Warp tour too. I forgot. Yes, you had bro. a fucking busy year, dude. Unsigned artist of the year. Unsigned artist of the year. New so artist of the yeah. year. Album of the year. Video of the year. Dude, yeah. you had a busy ass year. You drop a debut album. You go on tour, Warp tour, and then you get nominated for four Boston Music Awards. Mm-hmm. How was the Warp tour shit? Yo, that shit was gnarly, dude. Wild times, huh? It was gnarly. Like, so basically, you have to 
when you're playing Warp Tour, you gotta like be at the venue early in the morning, yeah. like nine, ten in the morning to set up. It's all outdoors, so it has to be like on a concourse. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's in the summertime, so oh, wow. so the, the sun is just fucking blistering, beat, beating off, off the, the blacktop. Asphalt. Yeah, exactly. So you get there like nine, ten in the morning. Then you don't leave the venue until like eight or nine at night, between eight and ten, right? And then you gotta drive to the next city, which is like five to six hours away and sleep for two hours and then wake up and do it all over again. So I started in Buffalo and I ended in West Palm. So I did the East Coast leg Hell of it. Hell yeah, dude. It was fucking gnarly. And that was the last war tour they're doing, right? Yeah, I mean, they're doing like small runs, I guess, like a West Coast run, maybe like one or two shows. And like, I know they're coming to Atlantic City, but that was like the, the last full warp tour. So Shit. I was one of maybe a couple handfuls of artists like well as far as hip hop goes i i have to be like one of maybe 3 4 5 artists that played the very last warp tour do, ever does like the do you find like the, the crowd there the fan base they were like welcoming recipients of hip hop hell yeah yeah well i mean it's like i brought my drummer with me you know yeah spice it up a little bit yeah spice it up a little bit and like i do the singing thing too so yeah, it's yeah. not all the way on the hip hop spectrum. It's more it's, melodic. Yeah, exactly. And they fucking loved it. That's People dope. loved it. I it, it was slanging merch out there. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, man. The old school way, bro. And, that, and honestly, that's the best time to do it is right after a show. Yep. Going up to people and literally like and hustling doing it too. CDs like Yeah, man. Slanging them. You're a good like uh like a blueprint, I think, for a lot of your other young artists because you go so hard and you don't just you know what like there's that thing a lot of hip hop artists don't want to like be seen as like they're doing too much. They want to like, like an air of mystique about it. Have the people doing it. Right. They're too cool to go sell their own shirts or CDs. Fuck but that. But you go hard with it and it actually works in your favor. I feel like people really like you more because yeah. of that. Well, I mean, there's, there's, it's a testament to me being personable. You know, I feel like if you're not personable, no one's going to really vibe with you, dude. Like, yo, I'm out here. I don't have a manager. I don't have a booking agent. I don't have an investor. Damn, dude. No, no. And so every room that you've seen me in yeah. from fucking Vans Warped Tour to the House of Blues to uh, fucking Warner Chapel in Nashville, everywhere I've gone has been just a direct result of me boots on the motherfucking ground, you know, but oh, it's man. like. It's one of those things where I'm open about it. Like, I'm fucking grinding for myself yeah. because I know like nobody is gonna do it as hard. So I'm not gonna act like I'm famous already. And I feel like that's where a lot of like artists fall short, especially like artists that premature. That premature fame ash is bullshit. Fucking whack. It's dude. really dis disgusting. Fucking honestly. whack. Like you're gonna act better than like no one's in any position to act better than like period. Yeah, yeah. You know, period, dude. Like it's one of those things that just. I don't know. I fucking hate it. And that's why, like, I really, like, I rarely collaborate with people on the I've scene. I've noticed that. You don't do a lot of collaborations. No, dude. And, like, I have, like, artist friends. They're, they're my fucking homies. You know what I mean? But I keep my circle relatively small just because, like, I hate people just acting acting like that, dude. Like, it's There's just, a lot of that in music and entertainment in general. And it's always been a huge turnoff mm -hmm. for me, you know? I don't know. I people do it for. I think people. Th I think at one point in time it maybe led to the uh, character of an artist, but nowadays that shit don't fly. Like you said, you do have to be personal. Fans want a personable artist to relate to, and if you're trying to go with that old method, dude, you're not gonna have. I don't right. think you're gonna have success. Right. I mean, they're they're acting like they're already famous and like they're already rich. Yeah. You know, like uh, kudos to you. You have drug money or your friend who has drug money is you know through you 10 grand like mm -hmm. congratulations then what you know yeah i i don't know and it's like one of those things like yeah i get it like fake it till you make it but there has to be groundwork yeah there has to be that if you're gonna ever make it, it dude you know yeah yeah no shit and that's why i don't know dude i just do everything the way i saw it done from the time i was like a kid and i just do worked hard dude yeah and i just do that you don't feel like you ever feel like you're losing steam or tired and shit? Oh, hell yeah. I'm burnt out of shit. So how do you do... You, what do you do to recharge, to rest, to get that energy back? 
Nothing. <laughs> just keep going. Dude, I just drive myself fucking crazy. You don't have any, like, Justin Clancy zone out time? You don't do anything, like, for yourself that's not music work? Uh, I mean, like, I play piano. I'm getting back into making beats. and still sounds music work. <laughs> like, anything, like, recreational for your mind. Like, relax. masturbation and Call of Duty. There you go. There you go. You know something, I mean? dude. That Sometimes works. I'll just have, like, a full-out fucking manic blowout. For like 24 hours and then afterwards I'll just shut down for like a day or two, yeah. not leave the crib and just like beat off and play Call of Duty. Hey man, we, you know we I mean? all self-medicate. I that's mean, it. That's all. Those are like your, probably your best options because you're sober and shit. Mm-hmm. I was wondering like when you was on tour, I know just from being on tour myself that you know, it's like a party vibe a lot of times and yeah. people want to party with you and they give you things and shit like that. Being that you're sober now, like... I'm sure that you seem like you're not, I don't know, but you seem like pretty strong with your sobriety. Yeah. But I mean, was going on the road on that tour, was that a contest at all for it? No. You're just solid as a rock, no. huh? Bro, do you know what happened before I went on tour? You know, my father died three days before I went on oh, tour. Oh, Jesus. I'm and sorry, I had to, bro. so mid-tour, I had to take one day off to go to his funeral. And then oh. that night, I had to drive to North Carolina. Jesus so with all of that Christ, shit going on, sorry, dude. like I Jesus. knew, no, 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 it, I, I, yeah, it fucking sucks. But like, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what it is, bro. Like there's nothing to do to change it. I'm sorry too, shit. But fucking, it's like one of those things where you can't really, you can't really do anything, you know, like out of your control. It, it, no, I mean like as far as like getting high or getting drunk, it's uh. just like, it's not, it's not going to change the situation Plus, like, I'm I'm working. Like, I'm on tour. Like, I'm doing what I was fucking made to do, like, what I'm supposed to do. You know, it wasn't even a thought in my fucking mind. So there's never been temptations or none of that? No. What about, no. like, since you got, like, maybe in the first period of time when you got clean, was there, like, strong temptations then? Or was it... No. It was really easy for you to turn it off. I mean, it, it was one of those things where, like, I knew right away, like, I haven't... I haven't seriously considered getting high f- for years, honestly. How long have you been clean? Five and a half Five years. years. Yeah. Oh. And I haven't like seriously considered it an option since I had like six months clean. So yeah. after that period, it kind of became just something that was easier for you to control. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, you know, it wasn't a matter of controlling. It was more so a matter of coming to terms with the fact that like I can't. You know, I just can't. I don't respond to it the same way other people do, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, accepting that. It really, it, it doesn't affect me in any way. And, like, I would say it's just whatever at this point. It's, like, secondary, you know? It's just, like... And like, when you... The first time you tried to get clean, was that the first and only time, or did you have, like, relapses? Oh, dude. I mean, it depends on what you consider a relapse, but, like, I... I guess going back and using heroin or opiates after oh, being clean. Oh, dude, like, I've, I've done... I've detoxed... I've gone through detox, like, at least 20 times. Like, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Like, all sorts of shit. From the time I was, like, 16 to, like, when I got clean. So, definitely just kept going hard. For a while. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I came to the conclusion that, like, my life fucking sucks right now. And I went from, like, being a kid with these dreams and aspirations to make music and, like, be something. I went from that to being just, like, a fucking junkie loser, dude. I was like, fuck this, you know? I really want to... And that was, like, a big thing for me, too, is the music. I was like, I just want to make music. Like, I just want to be me. you just couldn't. You weren't me. doing any of it. Yeah, I couldn't, dude. Like, I remember one of, the, one of the lowest points when I was using, like, one of the saddest points, right, was, like, um, this is when I was getting high, but, like, it wasn't terrible, terrible yet, but it put some things into perspective for me. I, I, I had to have been maybe 17, 18 years old, and um, somebody asked me to get on their show, and I was like, yeah. Like a live show? Yeah, yeah. Like a show with the Middle East or, or yeah. some like showcase or whatever. I mean, it was it was for like a bunch of kids. So yeah. like it did really well. This was way back in the day where like all the younger kids would go and yeah. have these showcases. So I got asked to do it. And then um, I couldn't sell not one ticket. Not one ticket. Because nobody wanted to be around me. I was all fucked up all the time. So the and and whoever was like headlining knew it. So the kid that was headlining 
came back to pick up the tickets that he gave to me. And I was all fucked up and whatever, right? And I handed him the stack of tickets and he counted them out. And he accused me of taking one. Like taking one for myself so I could pocket $5. And like that's what people thought of me. Uh. And then the next day I had to, you know, a couple days later I had to look and the show was sold out. And it was fucking packed. And there I was just doing nothing missed out on that yeah that amongst other things i had like you know my my boy who he now runs my website he's the fucking man i love him to death but like when i was a kid like you know i wound up fucking up some money for him and shit happens dude and just like all sorts of terrible things man it's just like i mean i because i was asking i've got people in my life struggling with addiction to the same stuff that you were addicted to and you know, like I got a family member who just did his first, you know, he's younger, yeah, younger. Uh, he just did his first rehab 30 day inpatient thing, and it was it was self imposed, like it wasn't an intervention. And first day out, just relapsed, yeah, you know, like and and I, it's hard, like you know, I when you're especially like you're even closer to that person to 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 oh god, there's no hope for that person, but I'm like, yo, it's probably gonna happen. I had another friend who's struggling right now, he, he just you know, checked into a facility, but he was struggling. On and off of him, and then he, he, you know, him between him and his girl and like you know friends, we had a little sit down, the intervention thing. He started going to meetings, and he would be clean for a while, but he relapsed and stuff. And you know, some people in his life that aren't familiar with this kind of stuff, who didn't grow up with it, they had a hard time understanding it. They're like, "Oh my God, why? You know, why can't he just go clean like he relapsed?" Right. And I'm like, you know, just to keep it real, it's natural for him to relapse, well, especially if he's just going to meetings. He's not even in inpatient. And it's probably going to happen a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, like, this is not an easy road to recovery for people. No, it's all we know. We're drug addicts. That's what drug addicts do. We get hot, you know? And and uh, something I thought was interesting was, you know, I, I read something recently about the, 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 the element of shame that's around treatment in America versus, like, the, this author was talking about in other countries, like in Europe and, like, Uruguay, Portugal, yeah. South parts of South America. Portugal yeah. is blazed a fucking yeah. incredible Dude, trail. Like Finland, a lot of places, they take away the concept of shame so the people can go and get treatment and talk about it. And the family and friends of those people, too, don't have this weirdo shame that they have to keep it hidden. Mm-hmm. And so the treatment happens at a faster rate. People are able to get healthier quicker. They don't fall into such slumps. They don't relapse as much and stuff because it's not something that they have to hide in the shadows. Because I've realized not only, like, say you had an addiction. Well, you did. Sorry. <laughs> say, so listeners, say you had an addiction, right? Say you had a girlfriend, a wife, or your moms or people, and you're hiding it from all. They don't even know you're using. Yeah. So if you're trying, you are trying to get clean, you can't even tell them, hey, guys, I'm going to be acting a little crazy or I need to go to these meetings because I'm trying to get clean. So you're trying to hide that. So it makes even the, the getting clean part hard. And then if the family does know, they have a thing of shame they don't want people to know because then they're like and I don't know why but you, people don't want them to think they have a family member a friend or a loved one that has an addiction so they want to keep it a secret and that whole element of shame makes it harder for people to heal with this yep. not just the person with the addiction I don't know Do you, does that sound like anything right I was literally just going to go on that too it's like a lot of a lot of it has to do with the self deprecation that people feel and there's a big stigma behind it, not just addiction, but like mental health in yeah, general yeah. in America. There's just a huge stigma behind it because our ideal, especially like, you know, especially in men with the whole masculinity, yeah. piece, the, the toxic masculinity and shit like that. That's a real fucking thing. Yeah. You know, because as a man, you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to handle your own shit. Mm-hmm. And by societal standards you're not supposed to be weak you're not supposed to have something in your head that tells you you're not good enough yep. and you're not supposed to be sad yeah you know you're supposed to be like strong and big, strong yeah, man. fucking man so it's very true you know for for the average you know male that goes into treatment they're already they they feel like a pussy they don't want to talk about their feelings they hate themselves they hate what they did yeah. they come out and they don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. With all of those feelings that they still have and all of that shame, like what you said, that still carries on, it's just like, shit, you know? There's there's no other choice. And I don't know, man. I'm just lucky that like I got out when I did, you know? Because I was fucking 19. Yeah. You know, I just turned 19. So, like, thank God I didn't I didn't continue down that path because I'd probably be fucking dead right now, you know? Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's weird to me that we do keep that level of shame on it and then like you were saying about your friend thinking you you, you, you stole one ticket and the, the, I, there's a probably an element of fear and shame that people think like god everyone's gonna think I'm a junkie so I'm unreliable or untrustworthy right and and then I'm sure the friends and family of said person 
are going to be worrisome that other people are going to think, oh, you know, I hope they don't bring their brother around or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their sister or their mom or whatever. Right. Because they're, you know, person's untrustworthy. And it just all these things, all these elements making it harder for treatment to happen, for people to get healthy. Right. And, and, and I think people sometimes assume, especially with like things like heroin or opiates or, or crack or, you know, some of these drugs, that if once you become addicted to that shit, that you're fucking useless. You're, you can't be trusted forever, and you're basically damaged goods. No right. pun intended. Hey. Ah, I didn't even mean to do that, Plug. but I did it. But, <laughs> but it's like, you know, and, and then you're, you're a great case right here, because this is a kid who, last time you were on the fucking podcast talking about shooting up in your neck in a Motel 8 somewhere off, like, I don't know, Route 1 in Massachusetts. Yeah, Route and 1. As a, as a teenager. Yeah. And now you're in your young twenties. That's 20s. gnarly. I forgot. I it's not, dude. That it was a gnarly, vivid story. I took, I took that ticket, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of my bitch. But, but the point is, like, this motherfucking kid right here, Justin Clancy, he's doing great musically. His career's been blossoming, and you, you, you like on this great upward level. And I have like a lot of friends with that story, and and I don't know why we still can't believe that that's possible, and we just assume. God, they started using it. Well, they're fucking, they're done. They're bad. We can't trust them. We can't hang out. Right. With them. They're never going to be good. And there's so many cases that we see where people can turn it around. And it just takes understanding, takes health, treatment, love, the right people. And if you have a friend or family member that's dealing with this shit, be the good person that helps them do that. Mm -hmm. Check in on your people, dude. Send text to your people. Or you live far away. I live in LA. I got family and friends back home, and I'm sending them texts. Even not ones I don't think are using drugs and shit per se, but For I'm sure. always checking on my people. For if sure. you love them, check in on them, man. And your friend that checks in on you all the time, checking on that motherfucker. Yeah. You never know, man. And it's hard when there's a distance. You know, I had another friend back home who I knew was using. And then he, you know, he went into a treatment center and he comes out and I can't tell if he's clean or not because I'm not home. I'm not there physically, right? And so when we talk on the phone briefly or mostly via text, it's hard to gauge, dude. Yeah. And it worries, you know, and you don't, I don't know. I don't want to be accusing anyone of like, hey, are you clean? Are you using? But then sometimes I always just say things like, hey, man, I hope you're taking care of your health. Hey, yeah. you're looking out for yourself, bro. Just to show you, I'm not here to judge you. I don't care. I just want you to be comfortable right. enough to be healthy. You know? I wish I could say the same, dude, because I'm a fucking shitty friend. Are you? Uh, Damn, don't yeah. break my heart. Just well, to it's, like, it's like one of those things, man, where I, I have a tough time reaching out first. You know, even when I'm going through shit. Oh, that's the hardest time to reach like, out. Like, you know, I just the don't. The hardest time to I reach just, out. I just don't. And, like, I'm so busy a lot of the times, bro. Like, I look at my phone right now. I know. You've looked at it about 17 times on this podcast. <laughs> no, but ready? I, I look at my phone right now, and I'm 374 unread texts. God damn. You know what I mean? Psycho. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I have, like, a really tough time getting back to people. I, like, isolate so when I go into like my weird artist mode or whatever, so like last time you saw me, I wasn't so much in my weird artist mode. Like I was with my boy, yeah. I had made my album already, and I was just kind of planning out like, you know, that was business Justin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Artist Justin is like this weird, isolated fucking... Which is not uncommon for dude. artists. Yeah, so I like feel. right now, like I'm working on a new project, so like in comes the depression, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, it's the best tool to write an album, though, bro. Go, dude. Yeah. But it's I, gonna be good. I, for some reason, I always wind up writing these fucking happy songs. Dude. I don't know why. I'll, awesome. show, I'll, I'll show you afterwards. I don't know why. That's I a good really thing, don't. Man. I mean, I think people want to hear that, especially coming from a dude... Who, who has a story like yours that could be so negative yeah. in the music. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that's ill. I just so here's here's my thing, right? Here's my here's my thing on that. So being where I'm at, I don't want to say like I'm high profile, but like people know that I'm in recovery. Yeah, you I'm well, you definitely wear it on your sleeve you know? and it's part of your story. I part of me regrets that. Really? Yes. Why? Part of me regrets that because it's hard to be a martyr because when you're a martyr in that sense, you can't struggle, you know, like, mm, and I haven't struggled with the using piece. Like I had said, you know, I don't, I don't struggle with that. I don't think about getting high. It's not even a fucking thing, but on the mental health side, when you're going and going and going and going and going, like when my father passed, like I was fucked up, you know? And then two months afterwards, I lost my job. Damn. Yeah, dude, and I was fucked up. But people just assumed, oh, he's good. He's so strong. Yeah, because he got through this. He's probably exactly, fine. Exactly, exactly. And it's just like, fuck. And I put myself on this, you know, on this quote-unquote pedestal type thing. Yeah. Right? Uh, to where it's like, what are they going to think of me if I tell them I'm not okay? 
when you're on the Boston Globe and there's big bold italics yeah. recovery right right underneath your your fucking face dude then it's like where do you like go from there they don't want to hear anything that's going to take you down from that exactly. level of story right like yo how are you okay so how are you going to be in the Boston Globe saying recovery sell out a headline show for your album release party how can you go and call your friend and be like yo i kind of feel like fucking killing myself right now like that's just like the real shit you know yeah. what i'm saying and that's the side that like a lot of people don't talk about you know that's a whole other fucking yeah. thing so being like where i am at or where i was at you know it was fucking weird dude that's weird man it's it got that's got to so be very isolating weird. man it was so isolating it was so isolating that's fucking you know up, so I just had to like really take a step back. So like the past couple of months have been like a whole lot of introspection, you know, a whole lot of like soul seeking, dude, yeah. soul searching. I and love just me like, some soul searching. You know what I'm saying? A whole lot of just taking a step back and like uh, evaluating like who am I? What am I? What am I doing? And it's still something that I got to figure out every single day, but a lot of it is just going easy. You know, did you ever talk about like your father passing on? I mean, it would probably wouldn't have been, you know, you didn't have any music to put out at the time that you put it into yet. But I mean, on social media or anything, did you ever address it publicly or? Yeah. Well, here's the here's the fucked up thing. Right. Um, So he he had cancer. I didn't I didn't announce that publicly. I didn't yeah. I didn't say shit because it's nobody's fucking course, business. You know understandable. what I mean? But like. You know, I had homies that knew. I had like people that knew, and the amount of people that reached out to me through through the process, knowing that he was sick, slim to none. To be completely honest with you, bro, that hurts. You know, it's like one of those things. Like they assume that you're good. Yeah, they assume that you're Yo, good. People don't check in on their strong friends. Facts, and shit, man. facts, big facts. Don't be the strong friend because it doesn't always get you any uh, love when you need it. Big facts. I mean, be the strong friend, but you know what I mean. Yeah, dude, and it's like, yo, so when that when I was going through that, it was like minimal people there cuz everybody assumed that I was good, that hurts, you man. know? And then um yeah, and then he passed and I went on tour and you know, in order for people to know that he passed away, I literally had to put up uh, a picture of him, you know. And then they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry, but before that, maybe like the day he passed away, I maybe got like five texts from like friends that were all together. You know what I mean? So, and it was like, it's really funny when shit like that goes down because it it really weans down the people in your that life. That you value, that you realize, maybe I shouldn't hold this person to such a high value in me. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like if, if I'm optimistic about anything in that situation, it, it was that. Mm. It, it allowed me to see, okay, like these people are really there for me, mm. you know, and these people definitely fucking aren't, you know. Yeah, I thought so. Like, don't come to my face and say you fucking love me when I haven't heard shit, you know. And that's just the reality of it, dude. And regardless, I I kept going. I kept, you know what I Apparently, mean. Apparently, pounding the went right fucking back on tour. Exactly. Did it help you cope with it, or was it kind of just like? Hiding the pain at the time, keeping you occupied, keeping your mind occupied. Well, one of one of his last wishes was that his his services didn't interfere with my tour. Oh, so I had booked the tour in April. Um, late May, he found out that he had stage four terminal cancer. So I was like, Shit. "Oh my god!" I was like, "There's no fucking way. I'm not doing it." Yeah. He was like, "He was like, you have to do it. You have to oh, do you it." You said no way you were going to go on tour. Yeah, he was like, "No, you got to do it." He was like, "I'll be fine." And then he got sicker and sicker and sicker. It was like a two-month thing, dude. I've seen cancer go fucking yeah, fast and kill yeah, some people. Yeah, And it's Scary. weird, like, coming from, like, where I'm from, you know, like, I deal with people that are strung out. Yeah. You can't put somebody into treatment for cancer and fix yeah, them. Yeah, they can't go to a meeting. There's no rehab for And shit. feel better. Yeah, so just, like, watching that happen. Helpless. Fucked up, bro. Fucked up. So... While that was happening, right, that he progressively got more and more and more sick, and he was like, "No, you gotta go." He was like, "You have to go. You 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 have to fucking go on tour." And that was like, dude, "That's gonna be such a hard fucking." That was like one of his fucking death wishes, dude. He's like, "Justin, you gotta do it. You gotta keep going with the fucking." So you music feel you shit. didn't regret going, did you? You felt good about it. And right? That's what he would have wanted. Hell, you yeah. know what I mean. That's what he fucking wanted. So that's what I did, dude. 
you know, badass shit. Just yeah. like went for it, bro. I met I uh, I missed one show because of the funeral, and then I went right back in that bitch. You know, the people that I was touring with, my fucking, you know, I, it was me, my drummer, my DJ, my homie Jordan, and my homie Chris. You probably know, you know Chris, right? Chris Davis. You probably know Chris. Maybe, yeah. So show me a picture. You know, I got the stone of memory, dude. He's so. from Cambridge, but oh, I probably do. So fucking, he was there, and I swear to God, they thought I was some some sort of fucking maniac. They're like you're still so you're still going. They're like, are you really still gonna fucking go? Like, are you kidding? But they were like, fuck it, let's do it, dude. I mean, you worked so hard to get to that point, and if it's just die wish, like you'd be disrespectful mm. not to, you know, right? Disingenuous to your heart, right? As well, right. But um, I think the hardest part was coming back, dude. After like, the tour, right? Because now there's nothing to occupy him. Now you gotta sit with that that thought of loss. Yeah. Now you have to feel it all come. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> So yo, we don't even we know no homo over here. It's all good. <laughs> it's all this. So yeah, dude. So no, no homo. Like I came, it's I came back, good. and it was just like it's all good. It was fucking weird, dude. It That's was, the toughest shit because you did have some to 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 keep your mind off it, right? And, uh, and then when you, like it goes away, this is what man. I was I was talking to somebody about this the other day, not about a death thing, but the same concept of like sitting with your thoughts, right? Like we can all have things to keep us busy especially mm -hmm. when it's an artistic passion we have right where if you're a musician a dancer an actor a photographer a chef a fucking whatever you do art you're more into your work than the average office person yeah so it's really easy to and get you're probably so broker too <laughs> very factual <laughs> very factual go to dental school be yeah, practical yeah. kids but you can get so wrapped up in that work more wrapped up in the nine to five job that you, when you come home you punch out and you forget about it mm -hmm. you're always in it so you can yeah. always be in your music so you can use that whether you mean to or not, to kind of keep your mind off of shit. And you don't sit with things. But even our art, even the shit we love the most, at some time it's going to go quiet for a while. You might not have any music to record. You don't have a show to play. You don't have a, a film to shoot or a scene to act or whatever. And you come to this and you have to be alone with your thoughts. There's parts of life where you have to. And we try to do so many things to keep us away from that. Word. And, 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 you know, like, yeah, man, like, I'm so busy on this, I don't have time to deal with it. Well, what happens when that's, it's going to come to an end. Everything comes to an end. Yeah. So with this new project you're so into, with this new house you're trying to buy, this new album, this new job you're trying to get, what happens when you get it, mm -hmm. or you don't, or whatever, and the thing's finished, and the album's out, you did the tour, you're gonna, what are you, what's next? You the can't neglect closed. it. The curtain yeah. closes. And you can't neglect those emotions. Like people push it off, and I feel like it's even worse yep. when you deal with it later. Yeah, the curtain closes, man. Yeah. And that's like... And that's like the reality that I had to face. Oh, Come home in the apartment. It's like the urn. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, God, you're keeping the urn in there? That shit's creepy as fuck, no. man. It's not creepy for you? I don't know where else to put it, bro. He don't want to be sprinkled no one. He didn't want that shit in my mom's. But he doesn't want to be like in the earth or in the water or something? So he wants to be in Hawaii. <coughs> okay, so he's now you got to book a show in Hawaii. Fucking asshole for that. <laughs> that shit's mad expensive, Six bro. hours from LA, you just got to come out here first. Yo. I'll come, I'll go surfing, sprinkle I'm, that shit. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the right time. I'm, Hawaii is mad expensive. I'm waiting bro. for the day, so I was just thinking about this. I'm waiting for the day that I get booked in, in Hawaii Honolulu at a show. show. Justin Clancy live. Yeah, something like that, dude. And when I go out there, that's when I'll do it. Until then, but yeah, it, it's, it's creepy, but at the same time, like... He definitely didn't want it at his ex-wife's house, you oh, know course. what I mean? Of course. And like I got a little bit, my sister has a little bit, and my stepmother has most of it. So but it's yeah, I don't I mean, do you is it like visible? Is it on a mantle? Do you sit down on yeah. your couch while you're playing Call of Duty, peer up and look at it? So no, it's it's out of the line of vision. Okay, you that's know, it's healthy. It's in like a little little cubby. So like when you walk in, I have like this um it's like this uh, little cubby. It has like all my prayer cards from all my homies. It has yeah. like my dig Boston cover. It's got like fan art and shit, and it's 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 amidst amongst that. You know what I mean? It's not like in line of vision where I'm fucking looking at it all the time. Yeah, that'd be weird, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some what I'm people, saying. That's why I was like creepy. Dude. Some people do that with like yeah, their animals I, and I've shit. Been in fucking people's houses and shit like that. Yo, my friend smells oh, like that. Fuck. Side, yo, side note, my friend side note. my friend broke into a house one time, right? Nice. And found a bag of ashes thinking that it was drugs. Dope. Dope. Oh, no, no. no. Yo, Did yeah. shoot ashes? Yeah. <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> yo. So he must have been sitting there waiting for it to hit me like, yo, man, this is some bunk ass shit. Yo, it was a she. Oh, she must have been <laughs> like, yo, a fucking badass. How did she find out it was ashes? <laughs> 
Because I think there were like bone chips in it or something. Yo, did she freak out? Yeah. Oh, dude. I can imagine if I was like a, a heroin addict and I was really trying to score, right? I feel like I don't know what it's like because I've never done dope, but I imagine when you finally get it before you shoot, you must be like so fucking psyched and ready, yeah. right? God, what a letdown. Not only was it not heroin, it was dead person. Ground yeah, up dead person. Just straight dead Justin person. Justin Clancy, you might have like. Uh, story of the year on damaged goods with that little tidbit, bro. Oh God man, I got I got stories for days. It just has to be right in conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, I know. I, I only like it to come out some naturally. fucking crazy. You've shit. never shot up ashes, my friend, have you? No. Jesus, the craziest thing I ever did, and I did this knowingly. A young homie of mine, when I was a young dumb kid, uh, we were already fucked up, and he had. You know what keef is? It's like the yes. the, the most fine ground up particles of weed, usually yeah. left over of a grinder, a grinder. But it's very strong. Mm-hmm. It's like all the THC and. My boy had like this Keef box, all this Keef. He's like, yo, just do a line of Keef with me. I was like, what? He's like, let's uh. blow a line of Keef. I was like, bro, no, this isn't cocaine. Like, I'm not blowing a line. He's like, no, trust me, dude. It gets you high right away, bro. So I did. I was like 19. I blew a line of Keef. Sure enough, dude, it felt like somebody jammed like 20 knives up my nose. Yeah. My whole face was on fire. Stupid. Didn't get high at all. No. And I knew what it was. No, that's not yeah. a good time, dude. No, it wasn't. I mean, I think I think I think what I used to do when I was a kid top that. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. When when I'm talking like 13, maybe 12, 13. This is when like Lil Wayne was huge. His his mixtapes were fucking huge. He was it was all lean culture all the time. Closest we could get to lean, my friends and I was Robitussin. Oh man, you should have. Oh no, shots. You should have hollered. If you knew me back then, I would have helped you out. Right. That was a different me. You would have served like long hair, brace face, 12 kids. No, I, would, I don't even Justin. sell this shit. I would just pointed you in the right direction. But now the fact that you're a 12, 13 year old, no way. I would not have. Plus, where I was going to send you, you guys wouldn't have wanted to go there yeah, as those little not. kids. Yeah. But um, so we would dip cigarettes in Robitussin. Oh, yeah. Smoke them. Yeah, smoking dips. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to do that with PCP and shit. Yeah, that's like how you're really supposed to do it. Yeah. But like we did it, and like for some reason it made everybody shit. <laughs> Diarrhea? Yeah, so Drugs like we, we would smoke these Robitussin cigarettes, and the next thing you know, we were all fighting for the bathroom. Weird, <laughs> fucking weird times, dude. dude. Some weird times yeah, in I mean, the doing, city you of Peabody, know what my you're doing when it's drugs. Like, when you don't know what they are, the first, not the first time, but the second time I did PCP, we didn't know what it was, and they were in these capsule forms that a friend of ours, his friend, found at his house in right. the ceiling. His dad was a nefarious gentleman. <clears throat> we didn't know what they were. They were a little capsule, but man, we knew there was something. So some people had popped them, like swallowed them, and then one time we decided to sniff them. We only found out it was PCP later because another friend of ours went batshit crazy and would get kicked out of school and like, like he was naked at, crazy. Yeah, like PCP naked. Yeah, he actually crazy. put on like a like a onesie, skin tight like kind of. <laughs> it's what like guys that row boats, oh, professional sick. rowing wear those like leotard. I don't know how oh, what the that's word is. So he was sick. like running around. So basically, like they were like, "Wow, he's so crazy. We got to see what he's on." Because he was known for doing drugs anyway. And they they found out it was all this PCP in the wow. system, and that's where we were blown. But we didn't know what it was. And I was doing that before, like history class in the morning in high school, like going in like all oh, dusted, not even know it was dust. I mean, like, oh my god, was this dude. when you lived in Charlestown? This is like back then, yeah. And it that was makes sense. It was it was not you know you're not doing things. Do you know what they are? And that's not the way to do it. I'm not here to say do drugs, don't do drugs, but don't do shit when you don't know what it is. Right. Don't shoot ashes. Don't drink or smoke Robitussin that'll make you poop. Don't <laughs> blow lines of PCP when you think it's something else. Yep. Don't do it, man. Exactly. God damn, dude. Woo! All this crazy drug talk making me want to get fucked up. Psych. I'm joking. <laughs> so, like, do you still go to meetings and shit? Yeah. Okay, so it's like, uh, do you think you'll always go? Um... I don't know. I don't really think about it like that. I don't think about it in a sense of like you're gonna. I'm gonna be doomed to go to church well, basements love for the rest going. of my life. Some people love going, and then I just wonder: is there ever a time where people don't feel like they need to go anymore? Um. Yeah. I mean, I'll go. I'll go like periods of time without without it. It it really what it boils down to is like I go. Sometimes I go because I need to hear something, but other times mm-hmm. I go because I want to hear the people that are first coming. And give them my number. Oh man! Nine times out of ten, they don't fucking call. But it's better to, you know what I mean, be there and like try and, you know, I don't sponsor people. I've never sponsored somebody Word. before. But like, that I sounds just, like a lot of response. I just want to help. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I haven't even finished the steps, dude. I'm a sick bastard. I haven't but, done like any so, steps. So you haven't finished the steps, but you've been clean for five and a half years. Right. So let me ask you this: Is what we're talking AA here? NA. Na. Okay. Yeah. So. 
it don't take this the wrong way, like, because I've not been, so I don't know. But sure. I've got a lot of friends and family who have. And I've had friends and family who've gotten clean without an A or A, just mm-hmm. whether a straight rehab or ayahuasca, like I told you. Right. A, a friend of mine. Which quiz, I want to talk about. Opiate addiction. Yeah. But, like, you know, it seems like there's a very rigid formula they tell you. And, and is it like, well, hey, you got to do it this way, and if you don't, you're fucking up. Is that how they present it to you? It depends on where you go. I mean, okay. every so every meeting is different. You know what I mean? Every meeting is different because it all depends on who's in the room, what the format is, you know, what the fellowship is, and, you know, how you perceive it, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is on, like, how you perceive it. Because a lot of people, they hear something and they take it a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Like the type of people that are like, you know, oh, I, I don't go to meetings because they just make me want to get high. Not to invalidate what they're saying, but it would, it, it's not glorifying drugs in any way, shape, or form. Is it just a constant reminder that they're hearing words and stories about drugs that makes them want to get high? No, they just want to fucking get high. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> you know That's what just I'm like saying? Their resistance to it. You know, yeah. like I just yeah. A lot of it is just like the the voice in the back of your head. Yeah. But um, there are meetings that are like yeah, if you don't do the steps, you'll fucking die. <laughs> I mean, I've just heard you know? like yeah, very rigid. Do the steps or die. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, the steps are, are extremely important. But anybody can do the steps. It's about applying them, you know? Now, I might not have done the steps. I'm not like your star fucking, you know, recovery pupil or whatever. Like, fuck that, you know? But I do my best. I've, I've bettered myself. I've bettered you're my clean, life. Dog. You're I've not helped on drugs. people. I don't you know. know. Maybe I'm crazy. I would imagine that's like the goal of rehab is to not be on the drugs that you were hooked on. Well, so you seem pretty fucking clean to me. Well, but, but here's the thing, right? There are the people that get clean, right, and stop doing drugs, but that's about it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Meaning what? Meaning like, they... They don't apologize to people they wrong or something like that? You no, mean? no, not necessarily. Not just that. I mean, there's, there's really... There's a lot more that goes into the steps than just, like, you know, apologizing and things like that. Um, but I mean, like there are people that have stopped doing drugs and like just haven't done fucking shit with their lives. They may, might as well be high. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like still live with their mom, yeah, yeah, I you, at, you know what I mean? And don't do shit. They're still assholes. They don't <laughs> treat people kindly, but all they have to say is that they stop fucking doing yeah. drugs. You know, it's, it, it really is. It's what you make of it, you know, mm. but I wouldn't advise anybody to, to do my program because it's my my program. Like the way I do it is yeah, like yeah. you know individual. Yeah, and I I suffer the consequences of you know feelings and things of that nature when I fall short due to defects like character defects and shit. You know what? Like, would your the place where you go? For meetings and, and shit, would they deem something like ayahuasca a, a drug? They consider, oh, you're doing a drug that you're relapsing right there, right? I don't know. So that's that's interesting because um, I wouldn't know. I mean, I've I've heard some people say that CBD is a relapse, and then I've heard some people say that CBD isn't a relapse. And I I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, but who, well, it's, this all sounds very subjective, dude. I would say CBD isn't because it doesn't alter your mind. Yeah, is, exactly. Is Advil a relapse? If you take an Advil, did you relapse? No. Then then CBD no. relapse. So, and, and that's that. the weird gray area within the fellowships. Yeah. So, because I mean, a lot of people know. say this. A lot of people say this on the other side, right? But, like, I'm a member, and I'll say this. Like, there's a lot of fucking gray areas. Nicotine. If you really want to get specific, nicotine is a drug. Bro. Coffee's a Yo, drug. Coffee, you get physical withdrawals. No you shit. Don't drink it. And no shit. Most of my friends who've gone to AA, you know what they do all the time? Smoke they, and drink coffee. Smoke cigarettes and drink coffee. Absolutely. And so why is that a problem? That's my shit. Yeah. I love cigarettes. I love coffee. I've heard somebody say who does go to AA that, oh yeah, well, because ayahuasca is a, 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 a can't, I can't do it. And then I heard another person who who went to Aiden's clinic. They were like, "Want to do it with me?" Right. It's definitely I, interesting. I told you. I told you the story, and I've told it on here a lot. So I apologize for repeating this, but this is just something I can verify firsthand. A very close friend of mine who was addicted to opiates used it. I mean, he's used ayahuasca many times, yeah. but after his first time, instantly quit his oxycontin addiction. Mm-hmm. He didn't even let it transition into full on heroin. He still caught it when he was blowing eighties. Right. Um, instantly. Now that's to say it works for everybody, but but. You Where's know, he at now? Um, 
he smokes weed. That's it. He stopped doing all other things. What did he do with his life? Uh, he became a, a like a massage therapist. Went to school for that and like Reiki healing and like oh, got sick. all that shit. He, so he was like a really like crunchy yeah. granola guy. Yes, sick. Very. I mean, ayahuasca. You go to the ceremonies. It's a lot of crunchy granola, dudes. But it's not all. Well, there's a lot. You got to be ready yeah. for it. it, it it's kind of like when you guys was dipping the cigarettes in the Robitussin and making you shit. It'll make you shit. Yeah. A little more like controllable. But but I mean, I, I've seen it help people cure, uh, you know, diseases. And then, then like you were saying, there was that Vice article where I think that they're using like Ibogaine, which is similar but slightly different, but using it to cure specifically heroin. Yeah. And, and it works. So if it works, it works. And it not doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you can't do it in conjunction with AA, but well, I don't know. My I'm take, just, yeah. My take on it is really like everybody, everybody's path to recovery is going to be different. Different. You know what I mean? I don't care if you stop doing dope and you just smoke weed now. Yeah. I don't care. Some people get very offended. Yeah, I don't care if you like, you know, are on methadone, suboxone, right? I don't give a fuck. Because guess what? It's not affecting me at mm-hmm. all. It's not affecting me. It's not affecting the people I love. It's not taking money out of my pocket, you know? Yeah. It's not fucking harming me. It's not taking my apartment away. It's not hurting my cat. Yep. You hurt my cat, I'll fuck you <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not doing anything yeah. detrimental to my life Direct, or my lifestyle. Right. Exactly. So it's a self-inflicting crime in a way, right? Well, dude... I wouldn't or, even or say that word. it's like, you know, any yeah. anything negative on them. If they're taking steps, even if it's something as little as like, you know, weaning down as much, how much they do, whatever. I don't give a fuck. As long as they're taking steps yeah. to like get better, who That's cares? Good. good for them. That's good on them. Nobody has to work this perfect immaculate program in order to, you know, uh, levitate and see God's dick. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's so. Like, let me ask you. I know you try to steer away as we started this conversation about political statements and where you stand on things, dude. So, Justin Clancy, uh, let me ask you. What do you think? Should we legalize drugs? Yeah. yeah. 